today is a cool day and today is a good day. And um, I think the good thing about today is that I can say that and I can actually smile um, without a forced smile, but because today is a good day. And without all cliches or with all cliches aside, it is the day that the Lord has made. That's why it's a good day. And so um, today we, we're kind of taking a bit of a break from uh, it ain't on there, but uh, taking a bit of a break from our what? Uh, what is it? What you say? Say what? Um, same thing, just different, different area. Uh, but we're taking a bit of a break. One of the main reasons we're taking a bit of a break at, uh, for that is because Casey is slacking today. He's not here today. He's not slacking. But he's actually at uh, the Casey Camp, uh, K campus. It is today's launch day. It is the official, and it is very, very cool. And so he's visiting over there. Um, but we ended up taking a break on Say What, which I'm glad we did because uh, the passage of Scripture that uh, Casey will have to come back and uh, teach on next week is pretty, uh, pretty rough, pretty hard. And um, usually I get stuck with those passages of Scripture whenever you have me fill in, but not this time. So today we're taking a little bit of a break. And, um, and actually, before I get into it, uh, I wanted to remind everybody that we do, we have started uh, exploring discipleship um, on Tuesdays, Tuesday evenings. And uh, last week was an amazing week. We had 18 dudes and one gal. So gals, if you haven't been in it, it will be a great opportunity to go in and show up and uh, show out. And so um, I'm going to start this by reading a bit of a story. Today has been a cool day, man. Like last service was cool. Um, it was a bit of a process in kind of preparing for this message because there's so many different angles to, to approach the, uh, the goodness of God, the, all, you know, the awesomeness of God. And, um, but we have to try to pick one, which is pretty much impossible. Um, so I'm going to start with reading this story. It comes from a book. It's a short little uh, story. And it comes from a book called uh, The... Uh, tale of the tardy ox cart. Very weird title. Don't know why it's called that still, but it's an amazing book. Uh, it's by uh, Charles uh, Swindle. Let's see, or Chuck Swindle. Let's see. All right, so it says, do you remember when the cosmonauts made that primitive little journey around the earth the first time? They came back with their thumbs uh, under their suspenders bragging, we have been in the air we have been around the earth, and we did not see God. The following Sunday, W.A. Criswell, pastor of the First Baptist Church in Dallas, made a classic statement. He said, ah, if those cosmonauts had stepped out of their spacesuit, they would have seen God. And, you know, it's funny, but it's extremely true. So often, um, not necessarily even just people that's, you know, rocket scientists or astronauts or People that, you know, we consider to be uh, very, very intelligent, very brilliant, are arrogant about um, the existence of God. But even, you know, ourselves, we can become arrogant about the existence of God. And so um, today we're going to be talking a little bit about space. I know it's, it can be boring. Um, it can get kind of dry and all that, but nonetheless, I think that it's important for us to be able to speak about 
the creation to, to, to have that land into the ownership of the creator. It's important for us to be able to understand how amazing God is. And often we're, we're only experiencing like this, you know, the chairs here, the building is here, the people are here, but there's so much more and God is so much bigger than just our immediate peripheral. And so with that being said, I'll go ahead and start reading through some of, uh, some of this, this space talk here. So the earth is 93 million miles away from the sun. So that thing that we have out there that's bringing light out there is 93 million miles away from us. And don't try to figure it out because your head is going to hurt and then you're going to give up. And 93 million miles away from the sun a.k.a. too far. One light year is 5.8 trillion miles. Don't try to figure that out. Our galaxy is over 100,000 light years in diameter and about 1,000 light years thick. And we're only one galaxy amongst hundreds of billions of galaxies. We cannot count that far. We can try. We cannot count that far. To try to put that into perspective, um, let's look at there's over 100 billion stars estimated. And you notice I said estimated. You can count to 100 billion. And then from there it gets ridiculous and ridiculous numbers. Too many. Stars estimated to be in our galaxy alone. Over 100 billion stars estimated to be in our galaxy alone, and there's hundreds of other billions of galaxies. To try to put that into perspective, which you can't, it would take 2,500 years to count them if we were counting one per second. So if we were to try to, which don't try to do this, just don't do it. But if you were to try to count each star within our galaxy alone, it would take you 2,000 in five years to try to count that amount of stars, one per second. So the rest of your time here on Earth, just and you would never get there. The closest galaxy to ours is Andromeda, which measures to 220,000 light years with over 500 billion stars. So way more stars than ours. That's one other galaxy outside of our galaxy. There's Andromeda is 2.5 million light years away from our galaxy. If we could get there, it would take us 2.5 million years to get there if we could travel, get this, at 186,000 miles per, not hour, not minute, but per second. It would take us 2.5 million years to get there if we were traveling at 186,000 miles per second. Why do I share this? I do share it to make your head hurt. But I actually really do share it because we're talking about a creator that not like made these by hand, but breathed these stars 
into existence. We're talking about one who has the, the copyright, the ownership to all of what we can see and what we absolutely can't see. And why is that important? Why is it important to recognize or even to come to some type of realization that this, this even exists? It's important for us to recognize that because throughout everything that you got going on, you don't got going on, whether that's celebration or that's mourning, I don't want to be harsh, but it's minuscule. Like, it literally, like, it's minuscule. No matter how big, how small, how good, how bad, none of it comes close to this. Like, comes close to exhausting the awesomeness, the awe of our creator. And here it is that he has saw fit to actually bring salvation to us. And so, you know, like I said in last service, the goal wasn't necessarily to make today short, but was to actually let us ponder on the fact that no matter what it is that you have going on, regardless of it, how bad, how good, God is 100% infinite. Like he's, he's out of here. He's out of here. Um, and so looking at that, it's incredible to see this and, and observe that not only, you know, within today's time, we're able to see how amazing this is, but, uh, looking at that, this is ancient. Like, so this is ancient stuff. People within ancient times were able to realize and recognize like, dude, God is amazing. And so let's read Isaiah 40. 12 or 40, 12 through 26 says, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or marked off the heavens with the span of his hand? I don't know about y'all, but there's a lot of water like on earth. Mind blowing. I don't really like water unless I'm drinking it or taking a shower. Um, I don't swim. No, I don't. I do not swim. Um, but the amount of water, so I could try to pour a little bit of water in my hand. My hand's a little, I know. But nonetheless, even if my hands were giant, he measured, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or marked off the heavens with the span of his hand? Who has gather, gathered the dust of the earth in a measure Away the mountains in a balance in the hills and scales. I love passages of scripture where it's an absolute brag on the awesomeness and the sovereignty of God. Like, he's awesome. He's 100% beyond, like, any kind of comparison, any kind of um, uh, uh, competition, like any of that. And... We'll, we'll continue to read, but just within each and every one of our lives, everybody in here is an absolute product of his awesomeness. He has made you fearfully and wonderfully. Like, you are wonderfully made. Regardless of what you think, what people say, or whatever that is, you are wonderfully made. He has made you wonderful. And so, I ain't crying. That's, I don't know what that was. <laughs> and so... um. 
who has directed the spirit of the Lord or who gave him counsel? Who did he consult with? Who gave him understanding and taught him the paths of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Look, the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They're considered as a speck of dust on the scales. This is a news flash, possibly. And it's hard to say, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. We are not the center of, of everything. And I don't just mean the earth, but I just mean overall Kansas or even America. <gasps> God sent Jesus to die for the absolute world. He has the copyrights. We have like no, like no authority unless he gives it to us and where he gives it to us. And as hard as that may sound at in some point, it's actually it's a relief because there's so much stuff we can't figure out. One of those things being COVID. Whether you, you know, you pro-mass, anti-mass, either way it go, we can't figure it out. Whatever that is, whatever, you know, whatever's going on, after all the years of studying and science and advancement and this and that, can't figure it out. We don't have a cure for the coming code. Who are we to question what it is that he does and what he says? Like, who are we to question that? Who am I to question that or to even come to a place of doubting that all I can do is have trust? All I can do is have reliance on them. And so, look, the nations are like a drop in the bucket. They're considered as a speck of dust on the scales. He lifts up the islands like fine dust. Lebanon is not enough for fuel or its animals enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are considered by him as nothingness and emptiness. Who will you compare a God with? What likeness will you compare him to? I'll pause there. Who will we compare a God with? Who, who, what comes close? Not sickness, not death. He beat that. Not COVID. Not finances. Not politics. Not even marriage. Not even your kids, not even your whatever it may be, your collection, nothing, your favorite team, your favorite band, your favorite actor, your show, your favorite food. There's no comparison. There's, there's God and then there's nothing. Can't say there's God and there's this. There's God and there's nothing. There's nothing within that scale. He's a different, he's on a whole different scale. And I, I keep driving at home because the more that we come to a place to realize that, the more we come to a place of realizing that, man, like, here it is that he has saw fit to allow us to be where we are. And because of that, that's why when we worship, that's why we worship. We worship because he has saw fit to allow us to be where we are and to do what we do. And so to an idol... Something that smelter, okay, let me, uh, who will uh, we compare a God with? What likeness will you compare him to? To an idol, something that a smelter casts and a metal worker plates with gold and makes silver welds for? 
We can make statues. We can set up all kinds of stuff, shrines or whatever it may be. There's no comparison. To the one who shapes a pedestal, choosing wood that does not rot, you could choose the best of the best stuff or whatever it is, there's no comparison. He looks for a skilled craftsman to set up an idol that will not fall over. Do you not know, have you not heard, has it not been declared to you from the beginning? Have you not considered the foundations of the earth? God is enthroned above the circle of the earth. Its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a thin cloth and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He reduces princes to nothing and make the judges of the earth to be irrational. They are barely planted, barely sown. Their stem hardly takes root in the ground when he blows on them and they wither. And a whirlwind carries them away like stubble. Who will you compare me to? Or who is my equal? Asked the Holy One. Look up and see who created these. Who, uh, he brings out the starry host by number. He calls them all, calls all of them by name because of his great power and not one of them is missing. He calls them all by name. Let's go back to that. 2,500 years to try to count one per second. And that's just here, but there's hundreds of billions of other galaxies, and he calls them by name. What is your situation? What is your hardship? What is your heartache? What is your depression? What is your anxiety? What is your addiction? What is that to a God who calls these stars by name? Whatever it is that we spend time or give time or thought to becomes our idols. That can be literally anything. That could be, um, you know, it could be money. It could be um, uh, entertainment. It could be church. Oh, man. Oh, shouldn't say that in church. It could be church. Church can be an idol. It can literally be anything that we put our time and our focus and our hope in. There's no other hope. Like there's zero other hope outside of the one who named the stars each individually. The great news is that he has called us and he has given us the opportunity to actually know him. Like this is amazing news. We're not following a God who can be broken, a God who can be changed, a God who can be um, gotten over. Like, he is who he is. He is the I am. He is the I am. So everything that we can think of character-wise, you know, justice, love, joy, peace, grace, like he doesn't have those characteristics. He is those characteristics. And we have some of those characteristics. But he, like he is the epitome of those characteristics. Nothing that you have going on, regardless of how bad and how big, you may say, oh, man, but just don't understand. And no, I don't understand. But you know what we, none of us understand is how to count this amount of stars. But he does know how, like, he knows how to do that. That's what he does. 
And because he knows how to do that, then our focus, our adoration, our worship, our praise is not on the trees or on a statue or a church building or a certain song or a certain show or a certain book or a certain pastor. Our adoration, our focus, our love, our attention is on this one right here that breathed stars. And as that happened, what else is it to be afraid of? Like, for real, just think about it. If we take just a moment and think about, okay, God, I'm going to absolutely put all of my focus and all my attention on you, and I'm going to believe what your word has told me. What is it that we're afraid of? One of my favorite passages of scripture is, oh, death, where's your sting? If you ain't afraid to die, then pretty much you ain't scared of anything. I mean, as far as humans, you know, humans speak. That's an amazing place to be in. That's an amazing amount of freedom to have when you believe what God has told you. When you believe that he's bigger than everything that we can ever even come close to even thinking of. When we believe that Jesus has actually come and actually died for our sins. Like when we actually believe that our identity is 100% in God. That when we believe that we are wonderfully made. Like when we believe that, what else is it that anybody else can say to us? What can a doctor tell us? What can an intellectual tell us? I hate to say it like this, but you brainwashed. Technically, I mean, your, your, your brain has been washed. By the Spirit of God, your brain has been washed. There's nothing that anybody can tell you at that point in time because there's nothing anybody can do to you. He's amazing. And so I'll start to wrap up. Uh, let's have the dudes and the gal. The gal and the dudes. Ladies first. Oh, oh yeah, come on. Um, the cool thing about, you know, the book of Isaiah is that it speaks about the majesty of God in a time to where people were choosing to uh, worship, you know, idols, which we're still doing that today in today's society. Uh, that's You can see that all over the world. You can see that in plenty of religions, uh, even in, like I said, in church to where there's, you know, like, oh, man, the... You know, the mighty man of God and the bishop and, you know, oh, don't don't talk to bishop like that. Hey, he's the only one that has that 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 adoration. Hey, great job speaking. Great job. I enjoy what you're doing, but we are never to trade the adoration for the creator and put that on the created. So a few things I wrote down here is that worshiping created things. And. Those created things is everything that you can see, everything that you have around you. That's even your issues that you have going on. And whenever we're spending all of our time on those things, we are actually worshiping those things. Whenever we put all of our time on whatever that thing is, that's an issue, that's a, a win, we're worshiping it. Worshiping created things is like seeing a beautiful painting and giving the painting credit for being a beautiful painting. It's like me going up and seeing a painting on the wall and saying, Oh, man, 
painting, beautiful painting. You are beautiful. Thanks for being a beautiful painting. Makes no sense. It's also like saying, seeing a beautiful architecture, piece of architecture, and thanking the architecture for being beautiful. Wow, building. Thanks for being a beautiful building. I always make a joke with, uh, with my wife, which she ain't up here this time, so I could say what I want to say. But uh, don't y'all, hold on, don't say, hey, whoa. Don't y'all go down there and share nothing. Let's just, this is us. We're here. She ain't here, all right? Um, but I always make a joke with her because, you know, I'll compliment her on her shirt or, you know, perfume or, or something like that. Um, and uh, she'll say, thank you. And I'm like, why are you saying thank you? You didn't make it. You didn't make the shirt. You didn't make the perfume. I know that sounds harsh, but I'm playing with her. But I actually, it's true. She didn't make the shirt. She did choose it, but she didn't make it. Lauren, don't you tell her. That's uh, her best friend right there. Just, yeah. um, but it's, you know, I say that to say this. As we leave here, like the thought that I want y'all to leave with is that ultimately God is beyond what I can even express or even scripture can even express. Doesn't even do it justice, does not do God justice. None of us can express the, the, the amazing, the awesomeness, the incredibleness, the, the awe-inspiring, the, I don't even have the words to say it. I can give out a whole dictionary of words to, you know, to try to speak about how awesome he is, but it still does not do justice. And so as we leave here, like, and as they sing this song, I want us to be able to kind of think on that. Like, dude, God, I believe that, because even beyond scripture, let's just say that you didn't have scripture. Let's say you weren't able to read this. You're able to look. It says that we won't have any excuse because we're able to see within his creation that he is God, like that he is amazing. You don't see a building and think that the building made itself. You just don't. Maybe if you do, I'm sorry. You should talk to somebody about that. But you don't see a car and just think that the car made itself. You see a car and you know that there's a designer. You know that there's been specific things put in place to bring that car into being that car. And it's the same exact thing here. You don't see stars or even know that there is 200... I ain't even gonna say any more numbers. Too many. To know that you see the life in, inside of us, the, the molecules and, you know, within DNA strands and the trees and ecosystems and trees separate from our own, like, you see all of these things, you cannot see that and not realize that, man, there is an amazing designer, but he saw fit to choose you, to choose you, to choose you, to choose. Um, I probably shouldn't have did that because to choose everybody. He's given you the opportunity to know Jesus. He's given you the opportunity to come into a relationship and know him like personally. Out of that, allow that to cause us to be bold when we approach whatever that situation is, period. We approach somebody at work, we approach somebody anywhere that may be. Allow that to have boldness in us. That man, like, we don't come out of, like, a, a place. He's not sending me out. God is sending me out. You're cool, but he's not sending me out. God is sending me out. 
And so as we recognize that, man, we're not on our account, we're on his account, allow that to continue to reign supreme in our worship, in our adoration, in our reverence, in our fear, which is mean reverence of God. And so as they sing this song, uh, I think this is the third time he said we've sang this before, uh, sang or sung this song. Uh, I want y'all to kind of let that marinate. And they're singing, uh, So Will I. It speaks on this. And the last thing I want to say there is we can't rely on something created to do something only a creator can do. No matter how long you think about how hard your life is, it will not get better. You can spend all this time on, you know, worrying and stress and all that stuff about whatever your issues are, and it will not get better. It's not going to happen. And so with that being said, quit wasting your time on worshiping idols. Worship God. Star breather, a.k.a. Mr. Get It Done.